Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Robertson and for this episode I'm joined by Trio Zolo, which is bassist Zachary Swanson, saxophonist Derek Michaels and percussionist Dalias Naujo. Their album In Flower In Song was recorded live in one room and it's all about improvisation. What you're listening to now is In Ruins, which I particularly like because of the bass opening. At the end of this, you'll hear Obsidian Eucalyptus. I'm very much looking forward to interviewing Trio Zolo and hope you enjoy listening in. Hi, Derek. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Hey, Zachary. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, no Dahlias, just Derek and I. Very good. So hi, Derek and Zachary. Thank you for joining me for Harmonious World. Hello, Hilary. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us. I want to talk to you about In Flower, In Song. I want to talk to you about the the creative process behind this album and also the the technicalities of when you did it. And first of all, I want to start, you recorded it all together in one room. Is that correct? Um, Yeah, that was, um, we have always sort of played um, in, I guess, uh, acoustic and like sort of like tighter configurations, smaller rooms. And it just felt, felt natural to try and record it all together, um, more to like simulate a live performance aspect. And does that help, uh, Derek, does that help when you're interacting? Because obviously this is all improvised. So does that interaction, does that help the fact that you're all there together and there's no kind of barriers between you, either physical or anything else? Absolutely. Um the feeling that we had recording this music was the same feeling that we have in any scenario where we're just playing either in a, in a jam session space together for no audience or in a concert hall or a club in front of people. Um, you can get excellent recordings if everything is baffled off and everybody has headphones on. Um, you can get really great isolation, but there tends to feel like there are barriers physically because of, there are in the, in a literal sense and whatever subtle effect that may or may not have on the music uh, is nothing that we felt in the process of recording. I remember this being like the fastest recording session. Like we were in there for hours, but it felt like it went by in minutes for me because it was just very natural. So that was wonderful. It does come across almost as live, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's what um, the sort of exciting part of this band that we were trying to capture during the recording. Obviously, the composition process is happening in the room, but how did you get the ideas for where you started? Because there seems to be some structure. Now, I don't know whether that structure is decided in advance or whether... um, So, for instance, I really like In Ruins, where it just starts with you, Zachary, on bass for instance. So how um, did you decide all of that? 
Yeah, um, so there wasn't really a lot of um, discussion around those things. And um, I think one of the things about this group um, is we're all uh, sort of, I guess, um, more compositional improvisers. Um, so I think um, we tend to naturally, uh, as a group, um, have in mind some sort of compositional arcs, but they really develop um, on their own and just through the process of playing. Um, so there, uh, aside from maybe, um, like I might've said, like I'll start this one um, on that particular piece, but uh, beyond that, there wasn't a lot um, that went into it. It's mostly happening in real time. Okay, do you feel the same about that, Derek? Absolutely, yeah, I think, to Zach's comment on being compositionally oriented improvisers, I think Zach and I have been playing together since I think it was 2000, either 2010 or early 2011, which is a long time now. And it's always been a sort of subtle, unspoken aim that we've had. I think at certain points we've talked about it directly too, but it sort of has always worked out in the music that we're always reaching toward something cohesive together uh, as quickly as possible, which means that reacting to the first sound that we make and following through from that collective sound as if that is, you know, I mean, we could theoretically write little thematic material that's like, here's one measure of music and improvise on it. But I feel like most of what we end up playing as a group ends up sort of working out sounding as if we may have done that. So the, the lines between what is composition and what is improvised tend to be blurred. And I feel like the commentary that we get from listeners tends to be like, did you guys, you guys memorize all that music? Something like this, you know, where it, things sound cohesive, very on purpose, but with no um, preordained material being brought to the table. So that's pretty special, I think. It is. It is. I think the, the fact that it does sound like you know, you've got a piece of paper in front of you that says, you know, Zach's starting and then, you know, the other two are coming in or someone's dropping out or, you know, whatever. And then we're going to finish with this or whatever. It does sound like that, which would lead me to think that the three of you are tuned in. And as you say, that compositional improvisation so that you do have a, a sense of a, of a, of a, of that internal structure, even if that's not actually laid out. Yeah, that makes sense yeah. to me. I think I think following a sense of an arc that feels like there's an architecture to what's happening, uh, I know is fundamental to the way that I practice and think about my music. And um, I think that's true for Zach and Dahlia's too. How did the song titles and the kind of, you know, how did you decide keys or, you know, whatever? How did, how did those things start? Um, the titles were um, sort of um, pulled from a range of different places and really the process from um, creating the improvs to um, ha having like the tracks that ended up on the album, um, what those selections were and, and naming them took me quite a while. Um, so basically I, I had um, over 
you know, period of time, I, I listened to all of the material that we had. It was hours worth of material. Um, I listened to it many times and then picked, you know, sort of uh, selections that most resonated with me. And, you know, I was careful to take a lot of time to um, re-listen to things and make sure that I felt uh, over a substantial period of time, like, um, sort of had a general feeling about these pieces. Um, and then from there, I was also <clears throat> looking for titles. Um, so the titles came from any number of things that were just sort of like occupying my uh, brain space um, as I was like going through the material. Um, and also, I, you know, um, anytime I had an idea for a title, I, I would just write it down. Um, and then after a period of time, I, I had like this sort of like big list of titles and the um, final selections that ended up on the album. Um, and then I would listen to them um, and just sort of like freely associate um, any of the titles that I had like sort of previously selected to, to see if there were any like through lines within the composition that maybe um, like made sense with um, with some of these some of these titles. So I mean, um, in that way, they're sort of just like very loosely correlated. Um, I have my own internal like in interpretation of what the titles are. Um, a bit just because I know like what the source material is. Um, but you know, other people um, that have like, uh, asked about the titles, it's interesting to like, see sort of like what they associate um, uh, the words with the music and it can be sort of like a different um, a different like meaning to everyone in that way um, so for for me you know I don't have um, I, I have like my own internal um, correspondence I guess between the words and the music but it might be different for everyone and uh, yeah I don't like to prescribe like too much um, like right. rigid meeting, I, I like it to be um, up to interpretation. But you know, I could also, that said, talk in depth about each title. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I see. Um, how did you all three meet? Oh, um, gosh, Derek, do you remember how we met? I mean, it was in Baltimore around the time period that you mentioned, uh, 2010, 2011. I don't specifically remember our first meeting, though. Um, perhaps at the wind-up space, a former club there. I'm not sure. I think so. I, we, I Had we met prior to our first Out of Your Head performance together? I can't. That, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Um, that was it, February 2011. I remember that. And I, I don't recall if we had met, but we hadn't played together yet at all. So that was like the first musical meeting was... On stage of the wind-up space, February 2011, uh, in a quartet. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Um, and then I met Dalius. Um, I'm really bad with years and dates, so uh, my, this will not be as accurate of a recollection as Derek's. But I met Dalius um, several years after moving to New York. Um, so, you know, I'm, I don't know. I want to say, like, six or seven years ago or something. And we were just playing... Um, uh, it, it ended up being just like a little club gig that we had together. And, uh, you know, right away, I, I, I really liked working with him. Um, and then uh, as a group, I, I just so I just had this like thought that, um, you know, Derek is like, obviously someone I've been um, working with for, for quite a period of time. And, and Dahlia at that point was sort of like a newer 
um, person in my musical realm, and I thought that they would match up well together. Um, so yeah, we just um, came together for a little session, um, and I think that was the first time that Derek and Dahlia's had met. Um, and like right away, the group just felt really, really comfortable, and I knew it was something I wanted to keep working with. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, with trios that that when they work, they work brilliantly, and and you know we've all we we've all experienced you know working with 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 people where it should work but it just doesn't but this (laughs) clearly does yeah thank you (laughs) i hope so (laughs) my memory of that first encounter is that i came to new york on a bus and was terribly dehydrated and (laughs) so i had a splitting headache for hours i wanted to cancel this whole show this whole uh session except that i was there you know i, I like made it up I'm like, feeling terrible jack's driving i'm trying not to complain about it and then i'm meeting dalius in this you know funny little rehearsal space this like quintessential like brooklyn of like okay cool all these like punk bands are rehearsing next door and stuff is really like an intense energy and, and i got this headache and then we we set up to play and the first sound we all made together like on cue my headache instantly disappeared. Like it was an instant transformation in my body the moment we made the first sound. And it was like, this is it. This is the band. So it was in a very visceral way uh, exactly what I needed to know about whether this group was going to function together well or not was I went from feeling terrible to amazing in a split second. True story. (laughs) That's so good, isn't it? Isn't it amazing when that happens musically? It's just incredible. Yeah, very good. So what's next for Trio Zolo? Ah, well, we have some record, a couple of record release shows coming up uh, very soon. Um, um, uh, one in Baltimore and then one in New York, um, possibly working on a few others. Um, but beyond that, um, Derek, Dalius and I also... Um, somewhat recently recorded with um, violinist Tom Swafford. So we'll have a quartet, which is like not Trio Zolo, but um, maybe an extension of it in some way that'll be out at some point in the future. Um, not anytime soon, but you know, it's uh, it's in there, it's being worked on. And uh, I would like to do a live album with this band at some point too. I think that would be really fun. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, can I ask you, because I saw, I've stopped asking people about their experience within the pandemic and lockdown and things but i sort of sometimes feel like we should revisit it i uh a couple of people i've spoken to recently have been so amazingly creative you know some some real creativity has come out of it that actually it feels like it's been quite positive in some ways so so um derek how was your experience of lockdown in baltimore slow and relatively peaceful in my external world, <laughs> my internal world was, oh, it was a whirlwind, but it was cool. Uh, I was ready f- for a slowdown period. And so it, it it came at a necessary time when the world was slowing down a little bit. And it was great for me to get to really connect with my instruments on, a, on another level, a little bit deeper than I may have even been going before that. Not so much in practicing in productive ways with serious goals that I was trying to check off of boxes, but more in like an intimate way of checking in with the saxophone on a daily basis and, and sort of learning from it in a very, I would say maybe on like a biofeedback level, 
listening from the inside of my body and just trying to figure out how I can eliminate tension and figure out how to open the sound up more and things like this, which ended up turning into fuel to record a solo record, which I eventually made last uh, October. I recorded that. Uh, but that's about as productive as I really was. It's just like spending time at home, being slow, reading books and, and practicing my sex, no, no goals in mind. And it turned out to be a really beautiful, fruitful period. I feel very, very close with my, my little woodwind instruments. So that's been nice. Very good. Zach, what about you? Um, yeah, I would say over the course of the past couple of years, um, I at, certainly at first, I would say I did not feel uh, very creative. And it was sort of, um, I don't know, something like a maintenance period musically where, you know, I was just practicing. But I, um, it was hard for me to be in the right mindset, I guess, for, for kind of a while to... Um, push things forward in any meaningful sort of way. Um, and, you know, also, uh, there was so much uncertainty at the time. I mean, like, especially with regards to this album, I had um, just booked the final mixing session. Like, I did one round of mixing, and then we booked the next one, and then that's when everything shut down. Um, so, like, all the studios were closed, um, and, you know, no one knew that this would be going on for so long. So, I was like, well, we'll just wait these two weeks and then finish this thing up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so there was a little bit of period where I was sort of just waiting around. Um, I was waiting for, you know, the chance to finish the album. I was waiting for shows to come back. Um, and then at a certain point, it seemed like, uh, let's just, like, move forward and release this. So, so um, uh, at that point, I just like, you know, made the decision to push things forward. And then as things progressed, you know, it ended up from there to now that the album's being released, that ended up being a sort of a longer period of time than um, maybe I thought it might have been. So now we're in a place to play shows again and, 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 and do some of this stuff. But yeah, so for me, you know, it was sort of like a... Um, uh, waves of um, feeling, you know, less creative and and more through throughout the course of it. Um, I didn't have like a sort of like um, singular experience in that way, I guess. Right, right. And actually, I, I I think that's probably true for for most of us that you know it was up and down, wasn't it? And uh, you know, there, there were times when you just got so brought down, pulled down by the whole thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing that I'll say, I guess I was sort of, um, uh, whenever I did start playing with people again, I was expecting it to feel like weird, kind of, and, and it really didn't. So whatever period of time passed, like the, you know, playing and interacting with people musically, like that sort of never changed, which, um, I, you know, uh, after a few months of not doing it, it was like very refreshing to have that back in the fold again. Yeah. Where can I point people to for finding out more about Trio Solo and perhaps for your solo things as well? Um, well, 577 Records would be the place to find uh, Trio Solo information. <clears throat> um, and they, you know, they have their website and their Bandcamp page. And uh, I will let Derek tell you about his solo project. Uh, the solo project is going to be out on my own, sort of I'm just doing a self-release. Uh, my my uh, personal website's baltimoresaxophone.com to make that easy to remember. So I'll, I'll have links to Bandcamp and all that on there sometime at the end of the year. I think November probably. But. Excellent. Well, well, thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Hillary. Pleasure to talk to you. Thank yeah. you. This is wonderful.
Thanks for joining me once again for Harmonious World. This is Obsidian Eucalyptus from Trio Zolo from In Flower In Song, their latest album. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Meanwhile, I hope this finds you well. Enjoy making this world a little more harmonious. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week. And please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World.